You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the cure 17 seconds on the line i have rob where is boys don't cry ben gloomscape oh. john you'll fall in love with somebody else tonight sick as a dog and six times as mean <laughs> 17 seconds is the second studio album by the english rock band the cure released on the 22nd of april 1980 by friction records the producer was mike hedges and robert smith and the genre is goth rock and New Wave. I'm going to read from the book, Alexandria Heller Nicholas. The Cure opened the 1980s with the follow-up to their debut, Three Imaginary Boys, resulting in what many argue as their finest work to date. A tough call considering their prolific output. 17 Seconds marks the band's introduction into a wider pop consciousness, providing their first hit, A Forest, a sparse Cure classic that turns on a sublimely succinct bass riff which almost made the UK top 20. The Cure had already made an art form out of dark simplicity. Robert Smith's trademark teased hair, white face, red lipstick, and black clothes are as synonymous with The Cure as his dreamlike lyrics and deadpan vocals. Like the album's cover art, which is little more than an abstract blur, the bleak, minimalist sound of the 17 Seconds era Cure is subtly suggestive. The dark, existential motifs that are so much a part of the cure became more prevalent and introduced an atmosphere of beguiled bleakness both in brief instrumentals and more pop-oriented tracks such as the sharp hook-laden play for today that hark back to their earlier work what do we think of the cure's 17 seconds uh great record um i i had staring at the sea uh, the CD that was like mm-hmm. a, a singles compilation mm-hmm. and uh, the first like two or three singles off this record were on there and I thought they were fantastic. It's meant to get around to listen to this record and I'm glad I did. Uh, every song is great. Uh, big thumbs up for this record. Yeah, it took it took a minute for me to, to come around to it. I mean, I'd heard a lot of Cure. I don't know if I'd ever listened to this straight through. I had the same thing. I had the... Staring at the Sea, Singles, uh, Boys Don't Cry. I mean, it's very strange to hear this on its own uh, without those sort of more pop-laden hooks that you hear on 10.15 on Saturday night and uh, Boys Don't Cry. Uh, Just sort of that that bouncy jangle of a a sort of post-punk and they were looking for an identity and, and now just a completely it feels like a 180 when you hear them together interspersed it, it 
uh, it doesn't feel out of place, but hearing this on its own, just uh, it was a bit of a eye opener um, because I think where I had started, I had always started with pornography into and and then gone up for for some reason this mm-hmm. was like a missing mm-hmm. album for me i just had never sure. yeah. listened to the whole thing up until earlier today i was certain that boys don't cry was a cure album and their first album i didn't realize it was a comp until seriously until like several hours ago i didn't realize it was a comp until like 10 seconds ago so <laughs> here we go oh my god I was looking at their discography. I'm like, where's Boys Don't Cry? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that one came out. That was sort of a, a label uh, compilation that they decided to to throw that on. Um, it's like tracks from their first two records and also singles, right? Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, I mean, we're well past that era of The Cure. He had already gone on tour with Susie Sue, who was a huge figurehead at the time. It's like Johnny Rotten and Susie Sue were the icons of punk, if you will. And he's up there playing guitar for uh, Susie Sue's band. And they kind of, you know, he, he didn't quite have that identity for The Cure. He didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. But after touring with her... He absolutely figured out, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the pop punk, or not pop punk, the new wave, the the punk attitude. I want the art school mentality. I want to go, I want to stretch into the joy division side of things um, and be more introspective and have these, these one note solos, these one note chord progressions. Um, and that's, that's the goth, that's goth rock. That's the, what would you say? Soundscapes, gloomscapes, as some people would say. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Uh, Up until that tour, like, like you touched on Birch, uh, his vision for the band was doing more of like a Buzzcocks Elvis Costello thing. Uh, they get the, and, and a lot of the stuff from their first album. And if you know, the boys don't cry comp, a lot of the stuff from that, the, the real poppy catchy stuff is what, what he was going for there. Uh, uh, John McKay, guitar player of the Banshees quits the band mid tour in Aberdeen and leaves. And so for the rest of that tour, Robert Smith is just pulling double duty. He's opening with the cure. And then he's staying on skate on stage and playing guitar for the Banshees. And just that difference between their sounds and their sets, it was revolutionary to him. It changed what he wanted to do with music. You know, yeah. he, he didn't want to do the pop. He, uh, he, he saw so much more power in what the Banshees were doing at the time, just like locking the bass and drums into that groove. So like Susie could just kind of like go off and do her thing and just like having, yeah, like, just like angular chords and big like ambient washes and stuff. Uh, that was what he wanted to do at the time. And uh, uh, the uh, original bass player for the cure, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I'm sorry, but that's not what he wanted to do. Uh, so they parted ways shortly after that Banshees tour. And then, so on this album, it's the first one with Simon Gallup, who is the bass player for the cure for, He's he's the the famously bass player for the Cure. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about Michael Dempsey, who Michael Dempsey, yes, uh, yes, very very much was. I mean, great bass player, 
absolutely. You can hear it in the original Cure songs, but he they were on different paths. And Robert uh, Smith wanted minimalism, and absolutely. Patrick Dempsey likes notes, or mm-hmm. Michael Dempsey mm-hmm. likes notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't want to play simple chords with atmosphere, then you're not in the right band. I mean, you you just have different ideas about music, and you got to understand that this time I think Robert Smith was 19, um, so there's going to be a lot of you know ideas about changing up the sound and and discovering new new elements. Have you guys seen the video for a forest? Weird. It's weird. <laughs> That's not the it's video so for weird. a forest. Are you talking about that? Is it, is it the, the one video, they shared? Is that not the video? That you posted is, I mean, it's cool. So that was cobbled together. Oh, I and didn't see Ben's. The, the one that I saw was them uh, on a stage with an old, I think maybe an old rolls in the background and some weird neon lights. Like It looks uh, like it's Top of the Pops, only like goth, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they did later play Top of the Pops. It's It's funny about A Forest. Forest is the first music video ever played on top of the pops, but it was not when they were on the video that I saw, which uh, apparently was not the official video. So the, the, the cure are going through, I don't want to call it uh, an identity crisis because it's intentional, but like, just like the, the anti style anti pop, like, that's an that's an an identity on purpose. Yes, yes. Uh, like the opposite of what you know, Adam and the Ants and Dexy's Midnight Runners are doing. Uh, Cure probably are trying to be more like Gang of Four in their in how they present themselves, but mm-hmm. they got so caught up in the anti-pop, anti-style thing that the, the video that I saw. It, it, it's almost comical to see see now, but it was su- such an anti-video. Uh, Robert Smith and and Simon Gallup have traded instruments. So Robert Smith's holding a bass, Simon Gallup's holding a guitar. Both the instruments are so untuned, so tu- like tuned down that the strings are just dangling on them, and they're just just strumming them le- like like Robert Palmer models. While while barely lip syncing the words, meanwhile uh, Lowell Tolhurst, the drummer behind them, is like only holding one stick and just like occasionally playing a drum, as if like, yeah, guys, we want you to know that we're not down with this whole looking like we're in a band, yeah, looking like we're trying thing. And I I, I get it, but at the same time, yeah, viewing it now, it it just looks really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's we're the on one top that of I the saw. Pops, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Smith actually had a broken thumb from trying to change a tire earlier before the the video shoots. So, yes. Yeah, no, that's the one that I saw. But that that sort of sentiment of uh, like I guess being like I don't know you want to call it like disaffected or whatever you know just 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 in a in a uh, a fugue state almost. Uh, <laughs> they uh, I wouldn't say that they bring that emotionality to the album because like this goth music it's 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 emotional it's it's dark and it's moody um but there's also like you know a lot of uh uh romance to it you know it's it's this is the first time i've listened to this album ever um and i i don't think i've even really heard any of the songs on this album before they never really i don't think they ever got super popular did they any of these forest is a forest yeah forest is a banger 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really loved M. I thought M was awesome. Yeah. Oh man, we can talk about M. M is a so banger. I, I, I'd, I'd never listened to this album either. The only song I knew was A Forest. So uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Adam Turla, uh, back in the day when we were like college roommates, he would talk about how The Cure was his favorite band at the time. And the stuff that he was doing, he was kind of like trying to like be evocative of of the cure and at the time you know i had galore and i didn't quite get it listening to galore was a banger yo oh yeah yeah well you'll, you'll have that with a singles collection but uh i didn't get, i didn't get i didn't i wasn't able to draw those parallels that he was saying but then listening to the song m the song M reminds me very much of like early 2000s Little Joe Gould type uh, of stuff. Very, very much. It's absolutely. I mean, he's admitted before that, you know, the whole inspiration for starting a band is is the cure and in their sort of influence. And I, I think that's a very the cure. Are one of those bands that you're either in or you're out. You either want to. Uh, experiment with abstract expressionism or something, you know, like you either want to be artsy or you're not in, you, you don't care about the artsy stuff. The The cure is just, they make you decide whether or not you, you want to follow them. Miles Davis, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about that where this, he, he wants to take you into a, a different place. Sure. They have some hits. They have some, um, you're going to find some things like, Friday I'm in love on the radio, but they definitely have a style, you know, that, that demands that you sort of go with them into a, into this like gothic soundscapes and, and explore a bit. I don't know, man. I was a casual Cure fan for like 25 years. That's because just having staring at the beach and, and galore. <laughs> yeah, that's because staring they're so the pro- prolific, though. And you you can be a, a casual listener because someone else will will pick apart the the singles for the the albums. But I think once you once you become, I guess, like a an an albums uh, person for the for the Cure, it's it's a it's a dive. Staring at the Sea on CD. If you bought it on cassette, it was called Staring at the Beach, and it was a different lineup. So what's the? So, but it, it's 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 a line from Killing an Arab, right? And then the line from Killing an Arab would just be an excerpt from uh, The Stranger. Yeah. Which uh, so there's so there's so many references on references. I legitimately like I, it's like a Bernstein Bears thing. I, I cannot remember if it's staring at the sea or staring at the beach. Yeah, I think staring at the beach was the cassette version and staring at the sea was the CD version. That's what I learned today. Um, also, I I did a lot of research on the lyrics for this record and I was um, the citations were um, 
from the late 80s, like Cure fanzines that apparently oh. like Robert Smith uh, was very active in. That's awesome. Because he would explain he would explain the meaning behind a song. You look up the citation. Fanzine, like, volume 6, 1989. So. Kyle, did you see uh, did you see uh, Robert Smith disclosing the meeting for uh, the meeting behind the song A Forest? What is about uh, to quote Robert Smith? And I quote, it's just about a forest. Oh, yeah, because initially he <laughs> said it was about shy afraid in the forest. And everyone was like, oh, and then he was like, oh, I just made that up. And everyone's like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he said different things about the meaning of the forest. I did a deep dive, <laughs> bros. Yeah. At night is about or basically right off of a Franz Kafka short story. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. So, I mean, and that, I loved at night, too. I mean, I thought it was great, especially once I read over the Franz Kafka story, which is, you know, maybe like 20 lines. It's super short. Robert Smith be reading. Yep. Speaking of, <laughs> I, 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 I had never known that Killing an Arab was based on a short story or what short story it was based on. But earlier in this pandemic, I was scouring my house's bookshelf for something I hadn't read before. <laughs> and, and my wife had a copy of The Stranger and it looked, you know, it was thin enough. I'm like, oh, I can read this like in a weekend. I was just looking Me for something. Too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so I picked it up and I read it. Great read, weekend read. But I'm reading, I'm like halfway through, I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is just Killing an Arab, the book. <laughs> like, this is the story that they're telling in Killing an Arab, right? And then, of course it is. Like, uh, but I, I had not known that, but re- hearing the song first and then reading the book, uh, I, 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 it threw me for a loop. You should have seen the eye roll. <laughs> Piecing that, piece that together. <laughs> the, oh, the, really? The gigantic eye roll. <laughs> because you weren't was, familiar with uh, with French existential uh, literature. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know Camus? <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't know Sartre? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell is other people, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want people back. You're wrong, Sartre. Give me people. <laughs> no, I'm with Sartre. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, this album has a lot of... Uh, I did bring up Joy Division. I think the, the difference between them... The cure in Joy Division is that wash. Robert Smith's still alive. Uh, that wash of guitar <laughs> that happens. It has a sort of chorus flange that plays over um, everything. And it's very, it has that very minimal sound, but it doesn't sound robotic. It has a bit more natural uh, sound that, that happens within each song. It's like a slow flange too, like a creeping flange. Yeah. Well, I think a, a forest has like seven different flangers on it. Like it's they're <laughs> they're, they're they're fond of it. <laughs> so many flanges. Uh, what do you call it? A forest of flangers? <laughs> Can't see the flanger for the forest. <laughs> oh, I feel like what endeared me to the most to this record was uh, the final sound, like this grand, epic, like instrumental they had planned, and then like about a minute and 20 seconds in, they ran out of tape and they couldn't afford more tape. So they just, here's an instrumental. It's a minute and 20 seconds. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was supposed to be so long. I kind of like it. The length it is though. Or I think if it was longer, it would take take me away from the album. I agree with you. So it, it gives you a little atmospheric flavor and then it runs you into a force, which I think is, it works well that way. It's like a prelude to the hit. 
No, it's yeah. funny because uh, the song three. Did you guys read about that song? Oh, you mean track five, three? <laughs> <laughs> that song, uh, a few minutes long. I guess like on their 1981 Faith tour, um, they would close with that, jam it out, and I guess at one point that song was 45 minutes long. Whoa. Oh, wow. Jazz Odyssey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> crazy. Like if you cut Cure and they were having like a bad day, they would just play that song for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they I did think- record this album in like a week for 3,000 pounds. So they they were on you know on a tight budget and a tight schedule. That's five times more yeah. than the soft boy spent. Mm-hmm. Is this five times better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's interesting <laughs> see, seeing those early uh, early uh, videos of the Cure where they're so anti-style. How hard that pendulum swang? Do you think they're anti-style or they're trying to find their style? Ooh. Well, I think at the time, I think their style was anti-style. Like right. they weren't going for a style; they were going for a lack of like uh, uh, they, they want they they wanted the absence of style. Fast forward like a year or two, you know, teased hair, red lipstick, all black. Uh, yeah, MTV. You know, MTV came out. Mm. Yeah, it's important Boy, to have so style. Serious. Rob, no. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, no. <laughs> It's true, though. Yeah, they they definitely um, within this span. I mean, this was the beginning of of the cure. So, yeah, people have said that this is the uh, there's sort of a trilogy with this faith uh, pornography. Mm-hmm. So the goth years, the goth years. Yeah, the early goth years. Um, and at the time, too, they uh, Robert Smith was a bit put off by the press in the UK who is increasingly harsh for some of the bands, including this album. It peaked at number 20 in the UK, but I, I think a lot of the UK press was uh, unimpressed with how they, they sort of, uh, I don't know. They were, they were doing something that was new and it, it didn't fit into the mold of a, of a lot of what people were thinking about at the time. And so I think they, they traveled to Australia, New Zealand, and they're really well received there. And it gave them a bit more confidence. I think they even, they toured the States too, opened for Mission of Burma in Boston. Woof. I know. What a show. Oh. Uh, but I, I think that they needed that to get away, um, to, to sort of reinvent and to, to find the confidence to keep going and, and pursue like what, what would become. What's everybody's favorite cure album appropriate to ask? Mm. Well, I haven't listened to all of them, but I've owned a copy of the head in the door since college. And I really like that one. Yeah. We're not going to get head in the door. We'll get pornography and uh disintegration. Disintegration. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think disintegration maybe it's it's okay. hard to uh, res- resist the like overwhelming just madness that is like overlaying overlaying of of guitars. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of like my bloody Valentine and stuff like that. So it kind of rep- it kind of fits. This is a uh, this is a wish household. So oh yeah, wish is good <laughs> too. Mm. Yeah. They have so many. It's it's yeah, it's hard. 
They sure do. And I'm sure it's one of those things where whatever record hit you, you know, at your yeah. adolescent or teenage, most vulnerable, impressionable years. Yeah. Do you, I, I was wondering if everyone thought that this one, this is, this should be here. Like, are we, are we, I don't if, know, man. Does it jump the gun or is it, is it so influential and important that it, it needs to be here? A lot of what I've read online, uh, other people have said, you know, this is, this is a really important album. It, it hits all the right notes. Um, but you know, this week listening to it, I was kind of like, I don't know if I would have uh, started here. Um, I'm not disappointed. Sure, yeah. I think it's a great album, but I just don't know having a limitation of of Cure albums that you know you can only pick so many. I don't know. I shrugged a lot. Yeah, it's this tough. Entire record, like I did too, Rob. It's not. It's not the Cure that I want to hear, and. Coming off of all the spooky, like, uh, Joy Division shit, do I need more spook juice? Or should I get some more Don't of the, uh, like... Juice. Some of that Please purple stuff? Or, or, should I just, or should, should I just get, like, the, the later, like, more refined, like, version? Like, I, I, I'd prefer the later, more refined version. I, I don't... I've never been a big fan of just bare-bones goth. Like, and that, hey, that's, what, that's what this is. Hey, Rob. Yes, Kyle. You calling it spook juice tells me you're not ready. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I would give it a positive. Um, if you want something spare and pretty, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm a solid neutral on this. I think a forest is a wonderful song, and I think M's a great song. But the rest of it, just I've heard, I've heard this too many times. Actually, sounds like. This just feels like a like a very small goth phase and a larger like really cool tapestry of Cure music. So uh, I'm a neutral. I think that I, I'm going to ring really similar to Rob. Uh, I also really loved A Forest, really loved M. I didn't dislike any tracks on this album. I would listen to this album in its entirety without hitting the skip button any times. But there's just there's not really much for me to hang my hat on other than those two songs. And, you know, I haven't listened to that much Susie and the Banshees other than the album that we covered. But if if the tour with them is what inspired Robert Smith to do this stuff, then I think that maybe I should listen to whatever album Susie and the Banshees was touring at that time to get a more distilled version of this i could be way wrong but uh 
don't know. I've always been kind of a, a casual Cure fan. Uh, I like the hits. I've never been very goth. I appreciate goth. I appreciate a good gloomscape. And I don't dislike any of this album, but I just don't think I wholeheartedly like enough of it to give it a positive. So I think that I must resort to a neutral. Ben? Yeah. I hate to be a cross-examiner, but... um, Please, I'm here. You said you've never been a goth dude. Have you ever no, dressed been... like... <laughs> have you ever dressed like the crow? Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I dressed as, I dressed as the crow for Halloween when I was like 15. It was a it was a really good excuse to dye my hair black. <laughs> the name of the first track from the Crow soundtrack. I can't because I. It's the Cure. Okay. <laughs> Let the record show that <laughs> Ben dressed up as the Crow when he was fifteen. I mean, I also. I, 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 I played in a Cure tribute in a band uh, for a one-off show in college, and and you know I, I wore a lot of eyeliner and teased my hair out and wore fishnet sleeves, but I, I still wouldn't necessarily consider myself that into the goth scene. I, I we played the hits <laughs> that I'm not goth. Class dismissed, or, or that I am. Are you trying to prove that I'm not goth or that I am goth? <laughs> The, the Crow soundtrack oh. has been stuck in my Jeep for weeks. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one song on the Crow soundtrack. There's probably some Nine Inch Nails. I could Track guess. one, The Cure. The song is called The Crow. Oh, you made her cry. Just kidding. The no, song's the, the, called the, Burn, and it's about The Crow. It's true. Was that, you, he was that uh, NWO wrestler, right? What do you think, Kyle? Uh, what do I think, I think about this are record? We, are we thinking of the same guy, Kyle? No, let, no. let Kyle do the, it. The, the wrestler with the with the with the hair and the the crow makeup. Uh, this record is great. Uh, uh, I had only heard a few of these singles off of uh, uh, the Cures, "Staring at the Sea." Great, great album. Great album. Uh, highest recommendation. Cool. Yeah, I. Um... Hard for me. I was, I'm a little hesitant ju- just to go full positive because I was, it, it has a bit of a, I, I know that where they go and it, it, it isn't quite as strong as a lot of those albums that we're probably not going to get to, but I do recognize that it is a first. Um, so I understand that it's why it's in the book. It's in the book because it, represents a first in this long line of different cure albums and it has a place in this in the history of joy division Susie, the cure you know this goth rock all i'm a self-admitted goth i mean i love birthday party nick cave all that kind of like spooky cramp stuff that's you so know. brave uh, go ahead and fuck <laughs> off. So I think, yeah, but I think it's a good album. I think they did a really good job. I think they were actually pretty brave to create this album knowing and intending for it to just completely bomb. I, I don't think Robert Smith intended for this or had any foreknowledge of this thing taking off. He was already on yep. The, yep. On the track of doing Boys Don't Cry, he could have easily continued to go down the line of new wave, 
you know, do the, uh, this different, uh, element, but I think he, he saw something that mainly because of Susie, Susie Sue, that he, he was more interested in and having the, whatever you want to say, the mindset of, of bringing a more powerful experience or what he was more interested in to this album. Yeah, I'll go with positive on it. Um, just because it has, it has a bit of that, uh, uh, art school mentality of, of kind of, uh, bending back in, uh, and, and, uh, creating something that is unexpected. Uh, yeah, we'll get more care though. All right. Anyway, uh, next time we'll be talking about Echo and the Bunnymen, Crocodiles.